one of the great secrets of the day is to know how to take possession of popular prejudices and passions in such a way as to introduce a confusion of principles which makes impossible all understanding between those who speak the same language and have the same interests. Now, that may sound very contemporary to, uh, to today's world, but I'll tell you who said it. Niccolo Machiavelli, which means he said it probably sometime in the early 1500s. So the more things change, uh, the more they don't. Um, so this, this, <laughs> this, this, uh, this quote kind of caught my attention. Uh, well, here's what really caught my attention. Um, well, let me back up. You know, when I typically I, I do a little bit of preparation for these when before I record an episode, uh, I, I do. You know, I it's not. You can, I think you can tell it's not scripted out, right? But uh, I do prepare some because uh, otherwise, you know, you just got a half hour of me rambling or ranting about whatever and um and you don't you know you don't <laughs> i mean that's fun for one you know once or twice every so often um but nobody wants that all the time well today is going to be that once or twice because all I did, I mean, typically I put together some notes and I, and, and some reference points and all of that. And I kind of put the story together. Well, today, today I read one headline. Um, and, and, and it, <laughs> I mean, and this is not, I, I'd heard that this was going on. So it wasn't like, it wasn't like, uh, what is it that like people always do, you know, on Twitter or on X, excuse me, on X, uh, where, you know, I guess other social media platforms too, where they go breaking, they, they, they have something breaking and then, and then you read it and you go, that's not any kind of breaking. Um, but you know, it is, it's, it's clickbait. It gets you to, gets you to look at it. Um, th so this was not a, one of those surprise headlines. I'd heard that this was going on. Um, so I read the article and, um, I just don't know where to start. So, uh, unless you, unless you think that I'm just, um, just venturing off on some complete, I, I'm going to, this is related to the show. This is related to this, this notion of oil field ingenuity, um, and, uh, how, well, we'll just go one step at a time. Here's the headline. California, <laughs> you knew it was going to start with California. <laughs> California sues five major oil companies. You probably heard about this, right? They sue five major oil companies, accusing them of deceiving public over the risks of fossil fuel use. So, um, so, Basically, the premise of the whole thing is California and other people are saying this, but California is taking the action. Um, ironically, since it was the oil and gas industry that, you know, helped, you know, the, 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 the most modern iteration of California's robust economy. I mean, you know, following like the gold rush and all that, uh, you know, is really <laughs> well, we covered this in a previous episode. How, you know, it was it was the oil and gas 
business of California that really uh, created the robust economy that they have today. Um, so, you know, um, uh, life is irony. But here's what here's what we what it says here. This is CNN, by the way. This is the CNN version of of the article because I wanted to read the most unbiased <laughs> version I could find. <laughs> so the Calif the state of California is suing BP, ExxonMobil, Chevron, Shell, and ConocoPhillips. Um, how, well, how they picked those particular five, you know, it doesn't really say that. Um, also suing the American Petroleum Institute, one of our sponsors. Damn it. Can't do that. Um, uh, basically, uh, what do we got here? Okay, they're suing them over what the state says is a long-standing, a long-standing pattern of deceiving the public, deceiving the public over the risks associated with fossil fuels and, uh, oh, and causing billions of dollars in damage to communities and environment and the environment, according to a complaint filed Friday. So you guys have been, have been duping us all this time. And uh, of course, we've been, we've been pretty smart here lately, but for a long time, you had us fooled. For many years, you deceived us and made us think that there was no risk of burning fossil fuels which has now resulted in damaging wildfires, unclean air, deadly heat waves, and record-breaking droughts, costing the state billions of dollars. So, so see, here's this. This is where it becomes clever. So, uh, if you're going to sue somebody, you can't just sue somebody because you say, "I don't like what you did." There has to be some sort of damages that somebody that you've incurred as a result of whatever that the other party did. And so to sue them, you have to say, well, I'm suing you because you, 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 there was this damage that I incurred because of you. So, the, so the state of California is claiming that, uh, that the, uh, this, this whole charade, charade, depending on, you know, tomato, tomato, that, uh, that the, uh, that the big oil companies in cahoots with only these five, by the way, just these five, uh, they were in cahoots with each other and they were, and they were fooling us. And, and, and because of that, it, uh, you, you ended we ended up with, and they knew, uh, in fact, it even says, where does it say here that it, I can't remember somewhere. Uh, it, but basically they, they claim that, that the oil companies knew this for decades, for decades. They knew you knew then and you did nothing to quote, uh, Julius Levinson, the character in Independence Day, play, expertly played by Judd Hirsch. Uh, you knew then. And, and so the damage is that you, you knew, and yet, you know, you continued to fool us and think that we weren't going to end up with all these things that we did end up with. And you knew that we would end up with them damaging wildfires, unclean air, deadly heat waves, record breaking droughts. And by the way, that cost the state a bunch of money. So now you owe us and we're suing you. Um, and then they they and, and so to back up their claims of who knew what, when they have some old reports and things, you know, you could dig these things up and, and, you know, they got some stuff in here going back to a report from Stanford in 1968 that was circulated and some other communication at, at Exxon, an internal memo in 1978. And so there were, there are, there is evidence that, that some of these, uh, these ideas about, we might, there might be a problem 
with the environment, with the climate, whatever. They, they found some, some evidence that, um, that these things were known. Um, and, uh, and it, it sort of all, uh, it is eloquently summed up here in a quote, uh, uh, Gavin Newsom, uh, the governor, of course, of California. Uh, Gavin, Gavin says, for more than 50 years, big oil has been lying to us, covering up the fact that they've long known how dangerous the fossil fuels they produce are for our planet. Well, they're not dangerous for the planet. We covered this last episode, remember, uh, where I said it's not the planet that we're worried about. It's, it's our own asses, not even our own asses, but the asses of the people who come after us. And, um, and that's a curious thing because I, we're kind of like the first, this is like the first time in history that humans have worried about that. And the irony is that I, I, he, I was thinking about this after, I, after that, that whole thing in the last episode. I thought, you know, the irony is, I mean, I think you can make a case that, or, or, or just sort of make a reasoning uh, uh, connection, that the reason why we as humans today have kind of have this luxury of being able to worry about what's going to happen to the people that come after us is because of the life that we have on account of the abundant and affordable energy that has been made available to us by uh, the oil and gas industry beginning a hundred. So, you know, that whole story, right? So it's only because of the evil empire that we can even as a as a society devote headspace or concern to worrying about the future uh, of of our of ourselves which we are now blaming the, the tragedy that's going to ensue on the evil empire who gave us you see where it's going right so anyway that was last week so this week i see we're going to sue these oil companies. Now, here's the thing. I don't want to get into, um, I don't want to get into, uh, who knew what, when, and, um, you know, and, and I've said this before too, on I, there was some episode where I said, look, I'm not, you know, maybe everybody's hands aren't clean in terms of the people with, you know, with the power and the people who were leading, you know, companies at various times. And we, we know, I, you know, the corporate greed is a thing, right? Lust for power is a thing. Control. We see this going on all the time. So that's, yeah, I'm sure that was there. And I'm sure it's it's there today in some places, not your company, of course, but somewhere. Um, but the problem, and going back to my, my, uh, my Machiavelli quote, uh, where he says, uh, well, I don't have it in front of me right now, but basically the big secret is of today and his day, apparently it's the same now, is to kind of grab hold of the passions and the prejudices and use those to basically distort reality so that people don't can't really even like they're not even on the same footing, even though we have the same language and the same interests now. And, and I, you know, I think that's what's happening here because, um, let's see, there's another, oh, a little bit more of, of Mr. Newsom, uh, California taxpayers shouldn't have to foot the bill 
California taxpayer, this is why we have the right to sue you and ask you for money. California taxpayers shouldn't have to foot the bill for billions of dollars in damages. Wildfires wiping out our entire communities, toxic smoke clogging our air, deadly heat waves, record, all because of you guys, you five, not the other ones. Uh, and with this lawsuit, California is taking action to hold big polluters accountable and deliver the justice our people deserve. Now, who, you know, you just listen to the tone of that. And, and there are, so let's go back to Machiavelli, some prejudices and passions. And a lot of people are very passionate about this whole, what are we doing to the planet and our future civilization? And, and, um, um, and, and so those passions and, and prejudices being prejudices being I'm, I'm, I'm kind of predisposed to thinking a particular thing. Uh, there's some prejudices against big oil that are developing. There's some, right. So like, so, so they're taking a hold of that. Um, but here's why none of this makes any sense. And I think if, if people could think critically just for like five minutes, <laughs> or maybe even five seconds, you would see, you'd be like, hang on, hang on. Now, wait a second. Um, yeah. All right. First of all, first of all, so there's a few logical problems with this. So we're going to go one at a time. The first one is that there's an assumption here that uh, life is that we're in a worse state right now on account of these guys, these companies that were producing all this oil and gas. And if they hadn't been doing it, you know, because they're saying, you lied to us about, about you deceived us. You knew that this was going to be dangerous. Okay, well, let's look at the alternatives. There's only three alternatives. There's only three possible alternatives, right? There's, there's either, okay, Let's say they caught on. Let's say in somewhere in the 1960s, because that's really when you really see the growth in the oil and gas industry. I know I talk all the time about how it was happening, you know, early in the century, but it was really when it was really right around like late 50s, early 60s, when everybody got a car, but I got two cars and that really drove a lot of growth in the industry. And, you know, along with some other things. So that's when you really saw the the power coming. And I, and I guess that's why by uh, why why Governor Gavin. Uh, says for more than 50 years, because that's when you saw the, the industry really, really start to, to take off. Um, so, okay. What am I saying? Let's say, so the, 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 so let's say back then when they started to figure out, holy shit, this stuff's going to burn up the planet. Well, what are we going to do? Okay. Well, what, what could they have done? Well, if you, follow the logic of this lawsuit that's being brought against the evil empire. Uh, I guess, I guess what they should have done was they should have come clean. They should have said, you know what, everybody listen up, listen up. I know it seems like we've got a good thing going here. Um, but, uh, we've, we've realized that it's not. And, and we just, we want to be, you know, transparency is, you know, we want to be honest. We want to tell everybody that, um, this is if we keep producing this this stuff, and you keep using it like you are, then you know tragedy will ensue for all of mankind. So, uh, so they could have done that, 
And then, and then I guess, you know, the logical question to ask at the end of that statement, whatever that press conference, wherever that happened, is, okay, world, what would you like us to do? Would you like us to stop producing? Or would you like us to keep producing until you come up with something better? Well, you know, the stop, probably nobody would have got excited about the stop producing. I mean, let's think about it. <laughs> 50 years ago, if the CEO of ExxonMobil had got up on a podium somewhere, had a press conference and, and put that out there and, and not and not been deceptive and not lied to the world and said, you know what, folks, we got a problem here and this is what it is. Now, you guys, you just tell us what you want to do about it because and we'll do whatever you want. <laughs> so... Um, those of you who just bought the second car in your in your garage, you tell us what you want us to do now. So we know how that would have gone, right? Um, probably that. Probably you know, if anybody had actually taken it seriously, they would have said, "Okay, well, if that's true, don't stop." Because I mean, our life's going to go to shit if you stop. So. Keep going, and uh, we'll start working on the alternative that gives us everything we need and want and desire without burning up the planet. And so, uh, so let's pretend, let's just follow the scenario. Let's pretend that's what they did. So they came clean. They said, "You know what, guys? The jig is up. This ain't gonna work. What do you want us to do? Well, keep going because you know we don't want to really disrupt you know life too much." So. Um, and it sounds like it's a long way off before we all, you know, burn to a crisp. So, uh, you keep doing that. We'll go work on this other thing. So what would that have done for us? Well, it would have given us a head start. Well, that would have helped us uh, because we could have diverted. We could have started on this renewable energy thing so much sooner and we could have, uh, diverted the font, you know, a lot of, a lot of funding and research to that. Just think, just think if we had started, you know, all those many years sooner than we did. Okay, well, let's, let's think about that. So let's put it in perspective. Let's say all that happened somewhere in the early 60s. Well, when did we start really probably dumping a lot of effort into um, alternative energy sources? Probably, I'm going to, just, just for argument's sake, I'm going to say, 2000, somewhere around there. So 20, somewhere between 20 and 25 years ago. That was when we got serious. Um, so yeah, it's been going on. It's been going on for a while. So if we'd started, so if, so if the evil empire hadn't lied to us and we had started, let's say in the early sixties, well, let's say we started in, let's say we started 40 years earlier. So let's just for round numbers, let's say we've been at it for 20 years, but we could have had, we could have got started 40 years earlier. Just think of what a difference that would have made. Well, let's look at what a difference it would have made. So in the, um, I got I have a, I have a chart here. I have a chart here. It's a pie chart. This one is, it's easy to find. People repurpose this chart all the time. Um, it's originally published by the, uh, none other than the, uh, fully trustworthy and infallible U S energy information administration. 
Energy Information Administration. So there's a whole administration, folks, put together just just to give us the energy information that we need. And uh, and this one is this is from April 2020. I, there may be a more recent one. I, I was not patient enough to try to find it. Um, uh, so, but I don't think this like for the sake of our story today, it's not going to change that much. So uh, the title of the chart is U.S. Primary Energy Consumption. Now, this is just in the U.S., so I, I understand that there's a lot more going on in the rest of the world, but this is the information that was readily available at my fingertips. So let's just extrapolate from here. We're only, t we're only looking at this in principle anyway. We're not, we're not trying to do any serious statistical analysis. All right. Uh, U.S. Primary Energy Consumption by Energy Source 2019. All right, so it's four years old. Uh, but it, energy consumption by source, and it breaks down, you know, and it shows it's a, it shows uh, petroleum, natural gas, and coal, uh, which are the evil fossil fuels, hydrocarbons. Uh, th so they all total up to about, let's see, what is that, 69, 70, 80, 80%. 80% of U.S. primary energy consumption is... Fossil fuels, uh, nuclear weighing in at only 8% because we're still scared of it ever since that Chernobyl thing. And and there was that other one. <laughs> there's, a, there's a couple things. There's a couple of reasons why we're scared of it. But um, And renewable energy. So all of that. So you got 80% fossil fuels. You got a little wedge of 8% for uh, nuclear. And then renewable is 11%. Oh, well, that sounds like a reasonable amount. 11% is pretty good. You know, if we'd had a 40 year head start, we'd probably get that up to, uh, you know, well, let's see, we've been at it for 20 years. So if we had been at it for 60 years, hey, well, shit, darling, that would be 30 some odd percent. Well, maybe not. Because when you look at what's inside the renewable wedge of 11 <clears> percent, <throat> you have a lot of things that probably we don't really want to try to scale up. Right. There's wood, 20, 20 percent. So I haven't heard anybody making a case that says we should we should invest in more wood because, you know, that requires trees and you got to cut them down and all that. So 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 out of that 11 percent, 20, 20 percent of the 11 percent is wood. Um, and then there's biomass waste and and, and biofuels, um, which, you know, those aren't the sexy renewables that we that we typically talk about we always talk about wind and solar right now now a big chunk of the 11 percent is hydroelectric um it that it's almost a quarter of all it's 22 percent the whole thing but you know the thing about hydroelectric it's a wonderful source of power but you can't really like, transport it anywhere like wherever it is is where it is and it's great for powering a power plant where the waterfall happens to be or the river or whatever it is but you can't like put it on a truck or in a pipeline and send it somewhere. So, so the ability to scale hydroelectric beyond where it is, I mean, there, I know there's some, probably some headroom there, but probably not enough to change this 11% wedge of the total composition to something really different. So are you following me here? Cause I know it's, you know, you're trying to like visualize, I'm, I'm looking at the chart and I'm trying to convey uh, what it says. But so what we have is we've got, we've got a pie chart of, all the energy consumption in the U.S. in 2019, there's a little wedge of it that's 11% of the whole thing that's renewables. But inside the renewables, there's a lot of things that probably wouldn't be part of that if we'd had a 40-year head start, we could have scaled up. So you got to take those out, right? So you take out the wood and the 
in the biofuels and the hydroelectric and the geothermal is only only a little tiny percentage like two percent of the 11 percent. i don't know why i don't know why we're not doing more geothermal but anyway we're not oh by the way we wouldn't be able to do any geothermal if we hadn't done the oil and gas first so think about that so we're left with wind and solar which is kind of what we're banking on uh that's the cool kids and the renewables uh club um so they are collectively at 33% of the 11%. So now if I, uh, I'm not good at math, but 33% of 11% is something like three and a half percent of the whole thing. So now 2019, uh, there's the, the desirable forms of energy, the, the ones that are not only are desirable, but that we could, in theory, we want to invest more to scale them and they're going to take over. They're 3% of the mix, folks. Three and a half, three and a half. We'll, guess, we'll say four, round numbers. Uh, 4% of the mix. So you see, you see what I'm getting at here? If we'd have had a 40-year head start, how much different would this pie chart look? Well, Maybe the 4% would now be, might be 8%, might be 12%. Let's give extra, like, let's give extra credit for, you know, rolling down a hill and picking up momentum or whatever would have, you know, that 40 year head start would have given us. Um, and, and I'm leaving out the fact that probably there were some inventions and some technology and some innovation in that 40 year period that had we not already had affordable <laughs> abundant energy, we wouldn't have been able to accomplish. So leave that out of the mix. The point is, had we started 40 years earlier, you'd still be heavily weighted today toward fossil fuels. So all the things that, that Governor Gavin said, this has caused the people of California and, and you know, the rest of the world as well. He's just, he's just mostly concerned about California. Um, you know, all these damages, these wildfires wiping out communities and toxic smoke clogging in the air and deadly heat waves, all of that, you know, had the oil companies come clean in the beginning when they knew we'd still be in the same position we're in now principally. I mean, so instead of fossil fuels being 80% of the mix, Maybe they'd only be 75% or 72%. But, and, and that would be now. So in, in the, the time, you know, in the last 60, 70 years, whatever it's been, uh, you know, it, the, tra the trajectory isn't that different is what I'm getting at. So the logic in this is, I mean, the, the, the notion that you want to go back and, uh, and hold these guys accountable for you know, this, so let's say they did deceive. Let's, you know, I don't think this is true. Well, let's say there was a big meeting of all the the heads of, of just those five that were suing. <laughs> the others are okay. Just those five. Let, let's say there was some sort of a conspiracy to ensure that the public was, was blissfully unaware of the dangers of fossil fuels. Um, uh, it doesn't change anything because nobody was going to say, oh, hey, yeah, you guys better stop. You better stop producing that shit and uh, we'll turn off all our electricity or we'll stop driving our cars. Nobody was going to do that. So so who cares? What difference does it make? It makes no difference. Um, 
Now, but that's just the first problem. <laughs> now, this is the part that uh, really gets me. So already it's illogical, but uh, coming around to, you know, what this show is supposed to be about, which is oil field ingenuity. And also under the heading of, and this is the thanks we get. So this industry figured, as I've said many times, figured out how to power the world. Good, better, and different. It happened. Everybody's life got better. Now we're mad about it. Um, and now we want to go and, um, so forget the, so leave aside the part about how, you know, you know, thanks for nothing. Um, or no, I got that the wrong way. You know, leave out the part where nobody's showing us any gratitude. And by us, I mean, I know it's not really me. It's, it's you guys that did all the, all the smart shit. Um, uh, but here's, here's the next thing. So, okay, we are where we are. No matter where you go, there you are. And where we are is, let's, let's say fine. Uh, we've got a, some sort of a disaster approaching, and uh, we're trying to, trying to not have it, trying to not have one of those. And, uh, and so in order to do that, yeah, we got to, we got to, we got to scale up <laughs> that man. We need to turn that 4% into 40% like pronto stat. Um, and let's pretend that's possible. So in the meantime, though, we still need the, uh, we still need the, the, the power, the energy that's being supplied by the, by the incumbents. Like we really need that. And if we're going to, if we're going to, you know, Operation Warp Speed, this whole get to the renewables thing, then we really like need to not turn the lights off. So we need those guys. Like the evil empire needs to keep doing what it's doing if we're going to achieve this goal. So, so, uh, but instead, so instead of looking at those guys and saying, <laughs> I know you're a bunch of slimy bastards, but nonetheless, we need you guys to stay to hang in there and keep doing what you're doing and do it as effectively and as 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 affordably and efficiently as you can, because we, we that's what we're standing on right now in order to get to where we need to do. No, instead, we want to damage them <laughs> by suing them and making them pay money. So instead of like letting them use that money to continue providing the thing that we actually need, we're going to make them pay that money to us so that we can. And, and so we're going to basically like try to hurt them. The, folks, this is like, let's say. Let's say you're standing on a ladder. Let's say you're 20 feet up in the air on a ladder. And you suddenly realize one day you wake up, you've been on the ladder for a while <laughs> and, you, and you, and you realize, you know what? I don't, this ladder's no good. I can't be on this ladder. I don't know. Make up a reason. Maybe the ladder's made of wood and you know, and you know that trees were chopped down and make the ladder and you're morally against that. So you realize I can't be on this wooden ladder. I got to get off of it. If I don't get off this ladder, um, you know, or I don't know, maybe, maybe you're afraid that, that, the, that it is a wood ladder and, and suddenly it's going to deteriorate and you're going to fall. Maybe you have good reasons for believing that. Maybe you don't. 
So you're like, okay, yeah, this is a better analogy. Go with this one. So you go, all right, I, I got to get off this ladder. I got to get off this ladder before the wood deteriorates, before the wood rots, and I fall 20 feet to the ground and break my head or something. So, so here's what you do. You go, you look around, and you see, hey, this guy over here, he's building a ladder, but it's made out of something different. Maybe it's a fiberglass ladder. Yeah, I like fiberglass because it doesn't rot. It doesn't, doesn't, uh, it doesn't, it won't fall apart ever. It'll just be there forever. So, like, I got to get off, I got to get off my wood ladder onto this guy's fiberglass. The problem is his fiberglass ladder is not really built yet. He's just getting started on it. I don't know what, you know, he's molding it. He's like, shit, I don't know, maybe just drawing the, whatever. The fiberglass ladder's not there yet. So, you got to stay on the wood ladder until the fiberglass ladder. Um, is ready. Now, what we are doing, in this case, the state of California, I don't mean to pick on California, but this is where it's happening, but it could be anywhere. People, people have this crazy notion. So this would be like, so suing the oil companies for whatever this alleged past, you know, transgression was, would be like, while I'm waiting for the guy to build the fiberglass ladder, I'm really getting pissed off at the wood ladder because, damn it, this wood, and this ladder knew it was going to rot. <laughs> it knew it was going to wear out way back before I even first got on it. This damn ladder, I, you know what? I'm so pissed at this ladder, I'm going to start... <laughs> like whacking at it with my ax and like setting it on fire and doing things to damn it. Cause this ladder needs to pay the price. It needs to be, it needs to be hurt for the, for this position, this damage that it, it's put me in this position of, I'm like, I don't Do you get, you get where I'm going with this? This is like, like the, no matter what you think about the ladder and whether the ladder knew that it was a piece of shit or not, you don't damage the ladder that you're standing on while you're waiting for the new ladder to be built. I mean, so what? What is the use of somehow now trying to hold the oil companies accountable for what? It's like me trying to hold the ladder accountable. It doesn't matter if I need the first ladder until I have the second ladder. So, like, leave it the hell alone and let it keep doing what it's doing. All of that, on top of the fact that it, it, nothing would really be materially different anyway, had a different course of action been chosen, unless unless that course of action was to just stop producing energy, and nobody was going to do that. So what exactly are we trying to get out of now holding the oil companies accountable for the damage that has ensued? It has no bearing on our present situation. I mean, sure, you can say, oh, well, we're going to take the money away from them and we're going to use it to help our present situation. But since when has finding money ever really been a problem for big government? I don't think it's about that. And besides, it's still like taking a hatchet to the ladder that you're uh, standing on while you're waiting for the new one. So it just doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense unless, unless we go back to our friend, Niccolo Machiavelli, who said, one of the great secrets of the day is to know how to take possession of popular prejudices and passions in such a way as to introduce a confusion of principles. Take what the people care about, take what they're afraid of, take whatever they've been told and they've bought into, 
take all of that and use it to create confusion and to manipulate society's perspective of something. Um, Now, to what ends, you might ask? What would be the motivation for whoever's doing this? Whoever it is who is uh, deceiving us by accusing someone else of deceiving us, uh, what would be the motivation? Like, why? Well, I'm not going to speculate on that. Well, that's not true. I am going to speculate. I'm just not going to speculate on this show because that really would be beyond the the scope (laughs) of, of this show. And I think I'm a little outside my lane anyway to start with. So, uh, I won't, I won't go further, but I will say that the irony in all of this is that our present society, which is very likely the first in history to have the luxury of worrying and being preoccupied and trying to do something about some future existential threat, this present society has only reached that level of sophistication because of the advances in our society that we have enjoyed on account of having abundant affordable energy for a hundred years and the providers of that of that energy the ones who solved all the hard problems and figured out all the science and all the engineering and the infrastructure and all the things we needed to make it a reality the very foundation of all the advancement and all the innovation that we've seen over the last hundred years that has changed the way humans live for the better those are the guys that now we're blaming because the future of humanity might not be as great as we think it should be. Mm-hmm.